Welcome to Sexy Secrets, a podcast about body confidence, relationship magic, kink, and sex. Here I share stories and tips from my life to help you get what you want in and out of the bedroom. I am your host, Marion Cloetes, French love coach for women and your pleasure advocate. Let's get started. This first episode of Sexy Secrets is going to be about my story because, well, first of all, I think it's important to understand where I'm coming from and to give you kind of a situational background and because I'm also my best success story, to be honest. And honesty is all, like, honesty is important, you know what I mean. So who am I and how did I become a sex kink love coach? Um, so I'm going to start with my name because it's not always clear. <laughs> so my name is Marion or Chloe. So Chloe is technically my middle name. However, my first name, Marion, is very, very French. And so people abroad tend to call me Chloe. It started as a joke and then it stuck and... So that's a story for another day. But basically, <laughs> when you refer to me or when we're chatting, you can call me Chloe or you can call me Marion. Um, any is fine. So I'm French, as you already know. I grew up in the suburbs of Paris. And I grew up in a very loving and a codependent family. So um, my parents both did their best obviously, um, to love me and raise me. And yet I wasn't really taught anything about boundaries around being myself, you know, like all of these kind of things that we have to learn, that I had to learn like along the way. So basically, um, my parents got divorced when I was like five or six and it was a very, very messy divorce so from age six I became a coach <laughs> that's how uh, that's that's how it all started because uh, from one day to another I become an emotional super person uh, for grown-ups and I did have you know um, in certain aspects to be a grown-up myself and I wasn't really modeled like healthy fulfilling and balanced relationship when I was growing up. Um, so when I started my love and dating and sex journey, it was chaotic, to say the least. The blank was for suspense. <laughs> so yeah, I started, like, I had my first, like, I call him, like, my first official boyfriend. Because, you know, I had, like, boyfriend when I was a kid and everything. But my first boyfriend, officially, was when I was 16. And he was a guy from Paris. And it was good. And yet it wasn't good. So, like, I didn't know anything <laughs> about relationship. And even less about healthy relationship. So since I wasn't modeled what a healthy relationship looked like, I kind of had no idea of like how to be like a good person in a relationship. I didn't, and not only for my partner, but also for me, mainly for me, actually. 
um, looking back now, I can see that we weren't compatible, which says a lot and nothing, but that's a very long story and I do want to keep this relatively short. Um, so yeah, what were they saying? Yes, so this first relationship wasn't really, yeah, it wasn't really good. I mean, we did stay together like two years and a half, but I wasn't, I wasn't my best. I didn't really know how to communicate my needs. I honestly pretended I didn't have needs and I wasn't like, like I wasn't like my emotional needs or sexual, to be honest, weren't fulfilled. Um, so this, this ended when I was like almost 19, I think. Um, and then a couple of months later, I got into another relationship. It was kind of a rebound. Um, so as my first boyfriend was quite distant emotionally, my second one was actually very, very, you know, passionate and he was Spanish and, you know, um, all of this thing you might associate with dating someone from, um, Spain, mind you, if you're in the US, Europe is like a big place where everyone's sensual. Well, it isn't. (laughs) So yeah, I started dating him and we dated for like a bit more than a year and it turned out to be a very very bad relationship it turned out to be a very abusive one and I got out um I got out asking so we were living together in the suburbs of Barcelona and we yeah I had to I had to get out so I got out I asked a friend to like rent a van for me because I couldn't drive at the time and I just arrived one day at the flat and I took all of my stuff and of course it was here and there was like a lot of drama around and I moved out and I arrived in Barcelona. So I was an exchange student there my first year and I just arrived into this international flat and I had very few classes and I was single at last and free and I didn't really know how to cope with any of my feelings. So I started to go out a lot, like a lot, a lot. Like if I was spending more than one evening in a row at my home, there was something like wrong about it. So I started dating around a lot. I started having casual sex a lot, you know, seeing, seeing several people at once, which was great. Actually, I really, I really had a lot of fun. It was also the most intense year of my life because it wasn't, <laughs> it was not relaxing on like a physical level as I was going out a lot. Um, and also on an emotional level as I was, you know, seeing several people at once. Um, you know, so there was a lot of drama and it was like, yeah, very dramatic. However, um, it did give me a lot of hands-on experience about relationship and sex. And I realized that I didn't really know like how to ask for what I wanted first in bed. So like I would, you know, have a casual hookup and it would be the traditional, you know, like we get started, you know, short five minutes max um, foreplay. And then it would be like penetration and then it would come and that was it. And I really realized that what I was looking 
for in the spirit of my life wasn't so much sex and orgasms, even though they would have been, you know, good, but mainly was connection. Anyway, I spent two years in Barcelona. Uh, I worked, so my first year was as an exchange student. I was studying uh, social sciences and communications at the time. And then I went back to France to, no, then I stayed another year, sorry. I'm just like skipping ahead. So I spent this first year of Barcelona. I loved it so much. I felt like I had many more things to do in the city. So I decided to stay one more year. Um, so I did. I, the plan was officially what I told my parents to prepare the entrance exams for a business school in France for a master's degree. Because it's quite common in France to do like all of your studies at once. So you go from like finishing high school when you're 18 to university and then you have a master's degree when you're 23. And I decided to do things differently and I took a gap year. And I worked. I worked in call centers. I worked in Airbnb for the customer service for three months and a half. And then I worked for American Express. I mean, a company that was outsourcing for American Express for travel and medical insurance, which was heavy. But mainly the teams were really good. And it was with people who spoke like me, um, two or three languages. Because um, I do speak Spanish as well. Uh, living in Barcelona so that was cool and then I finally did make it into business school so I studied in a school called EDEC business school it's like a headache business so the H and I have a master's of business management from there and also a master of science in entrepreneurship so really when I graduated which was in 2017 I was kind of thinking I would do marketing for my whole life and my last year studying, in fact, I started freelancing because I already had figured out from my previous you know, job experience that I wasn't really into the whole nine to five corporate thing and I wanted to be my own boss. So the year before I graduated, I started freelancing as a content marketer. Basically, a fancy word to say I was uh, writing blog articles <laughs> for like startups and like small businesses to increase their online visibility. Which was good for a time because I do like writing and it was a way for me to be like financially independent as soon as I graduated because my goal was to be a digital nomad. So I wanted to be able to travel the world with my laptop as soon as I, gra I graduated, which actually I did. Um, I graduated, graduated in May, um, spent the summer, a part of the summer in the US in San Francisco in California and did a road trip with some friends and then I went to Argentina so I moved like five I think it's like five thousand kilometers away from France which is like more miles I don't know what it is in miles but it's like a long way away from home and I was like yay so I'm freelancing and I'm also gonna start my coaching business because I knew that coaching was something that I was interested in like always been interested in coaching and in everything that had to do with like the human to human connection you know so it's also one like that's also why I liked marketing and I still like it to this day because it's finding the words to speak to people and to create a feeling within them that's how I see it and I really like how you can build a rapport, a relationship with people. 
Um, so yeah, that's, that's why, that's one of the reasons why I went to marketing. Um, so freshly graduated, I was like, well, I'm freelancing already, but I really want to do coaching and I'm running into business and marketing because I'm going to be a business and marketing coach. So I started that. And when I say started, I didn't do a lot, to be honest. Well, I did move, you know, like to Argentina and I started going to this co-working uh, space in Buenos Aires where I met lots of people, lots of entrepreneurs, lots of startups. And it was great to actually meet people, but I didn't really have a lot of friends. I mean, obviously having moved, you know, halfway across the world and also not having a fixed schedule for the first time of my life was, it was an experience. It was, it was hard some days. It was like fucking hard. Like seriously, I spent six months in Argentina and yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't easy because I did meet people, but there is a difference between meeting people and having friends. And at the time, I had two friends <laughs> um, in Argentina. I had one friend from, one friend from uh, Barcelona. And then there was this local guy that I kind of dated and were on and off. And that was very dramatic. And he started seeing a pattern, <laughs> a pattern, aren't you? Um, don't you? Yeah, my English isn't perfect. So, I mean, you probably already figured that out, uh, which is okay, because... You know, I'm fine with that. I am not going to edit this. I'm not going to edit any of the podcast episodes. That's my intention. Because I want this to be kind of like a conversation. Except you can't really answer. But I'm imagining you in front of me. I'm on uh, a table and there is a chair in front of me. So I'm going to imagine you're here. Um, so yeah, back to Argentina. What it did, really, and I think the reason why I felt so cold to go so far away from home. I had wanted to go to Argentina since I was like 14, so it had been a while. Um, So the first opportunity I went and I had a lot of space in my life. I didn't have a routine. I didn't, I had no idea what I was doing, like, business-wise. I was still freelancing and so freelancing was doing all right, but that's not where I wanted to focus my energy. I really wanted to build my coaching business. I wanted to help, you know, all the people with my skills and I got really overwhelmed. So since I didn't really see a lot of people like in real life, what I would do is like turn online and I kind of fell into all of this entrepreneurs, online entrepreneurs community and marketing experts and guru and everything of like, you have to do that. And like my seven, you know, felt proof way of becoming a millionaire overnight, just, you know, whatever. Um, and I got fed up. I got so fed up. I got so much anxiety from it because I already thought that things had to look a certain way and things had to be a certain way for their, for them to work because, That's what I learned in business school. Um, But yeah, it was really overwhelming. But anyway, um, I had a lot of space in my life. And that's really when, like, spirituality happens. (laughs) The way I describe it um, to people is, it felt like a spiritual highway. So I had been into, I had been interested into, in spirituality, you know, for a bit. I've always been kind of, 
looking back, I can see now that I've always been woo. I, you know, I would go and see practitioners, different healers, but I would be like sporadic. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a part of my life until Argentina. In Argentina, I started reading books and I had like more kind of full experiences, like spiritual weird stuff happening and actually liking it and manifesting things. Um, yeah, so that was, I think, you know, like now, I think that was a reason why I went there. Then I came back to Europe. I kept on traveling. I did a lot of pet sitting, pet and house sitting, which is basically looking after houses and pets, um, like in random places of the world. <laughs> Mainly for me, it was the UK and Spain. It was a lot of fun. I was traveling and then I realized that coaching in business and marketing, which hadn't really gone really far because I was just like crippled and like paralyzed with anxiety, actually didn't feel good. So I switched to lifestyle design, which was a bit more personal. And then I switched again a couple of months later to intuition. I was an intuition coach for like a hot minute, intuitive coach. Because with my own journey, I realized how acute I attuned my intuition was and how everyone could actually use that in their life. And yeah, so that's a long version. I wasn't expecting to give you that many details. So like if you're still here, thank you. I'm going to have a sip of water now. Oh. I recommend you to do the same if you're near water. If you have some water, stay hydrated, please. Okay, so basically, all along that, I was really like searching for myself and searching for my purpose and trying to just figure out, figure out this life thing, you know. Um, so after spending about a year back in Europe, um, you know, still dating the same kind of emotionally unavailable unbalanced, not emotionally mature people. And, you know, like, I'm not blaming them. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't realizing, <laughs> I wasn't realizing really that, you know, the, like, part of the problem was me. And actually the whole problem in my dating life and love life was me. Because, yes, you need to be two people, at least, to form a relationship. But I was the common component. So one day I actually realized if I'm dating all of these people and if I'm attracting, I'm doing air quote here, all of these people, there's probably something in me <laughs> that I'm not seeing. So that's when I really got into my own like love healing journey by like of a better term. It sounds really cheesy and like, you know, love and light thing, which I hate. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, what it looked like was a lot of crying and a lot of journaling and, um, discovering like different tools to help myself so I went to therapy which was helpful for a bit um, I was coached several times by several people um, I took part in masterminds which is you know when group of people like go together like minding and blah blah, blah uh, which was also good and then I also got more and more into spirituality I got more and more into um, personal development and yeah into really trying to figure out myself you know like learning more about myself and accepting myself and ultimately loving myself 
And a couple of tools helped me um, along the way. So I mentioned coaching, therapy. So there was also astrology. Uh, I kind of got really more into astrology in Argentina because like it's very, very mainstream over there. So like on a dating app, you'd have like, I'm a Taurus or I'm a Libra. And that was before Bumble, you know, gave his option. So that was really cool. Um, and human design and intuition in general. And then I got into tarot and then kind of unraveled. And obviously, like, this is still a process. Obviously, I'm still alive. <laughs> so this is a whole process. But, like, I really had, I want to say, like, nine months in which I went back to my mom's place in the suburbs of Paris, which I'm really grateful to have been able to do. And it was also very, very hard on so many levels to have to go back there. I felt like I was going backward. I was going back to my childhood. I was going back to not having any privacy, to not having my needs emotionally respected, my need for boundaries. Um, And... All the while, I thought I would only stay there like one month and then two months and then three months. Because my goal really was to go to Bali. I was like, next time I'm traveling, I'm going to Bali. And I couldn't explain it. But the same way I felt like I had to go to Argentina, I had to go to Bali. And finally, the day came. (laughs) I flew to Bali in March of 2019. And my plan was to stay there for two months and then we'd see. But somehow I had like kind of a hunch, a nudge that like my trip wouldn't really plan out the way that I intended it to. Um, I don't know. It really felt like something was waiting for me there. And it did. Someone did, at least. (laughs) So to get to the story, um, to the good part of the story... Well, I mean, there are all the good parts, obviously. Um, So I went to Bali after having really taken this month and also this, you know, years, really, of listening to myself, learning how to love myself, learning how to stand up for my needs. Uh, Yeah, all of that. And I went to Bali and I met someone, like, on day two. And we dated really briefly because... This wasn't working out at all. Um, it was it was a very nice person and we had a great like emotional and intellectual connection. But physically, it was not working out at all. Um, I just wasn't attract- attracted to him. And I put a stop to it and I felt very, very bad and very angry against everyone, against everyone and the universe and above all me. I remember like having a rent in my, um, I was staying in a guest house, having a rent, like a rent, um, like in my room and like being very angry and why do I not meet a new one? And yeah, why is it not working? Why is my love, love life sucking so much because at this time I had been single for seven years so I had been seeing like you know people here and there but like it wasn't longer than a couple of months it wasn't really 
like it wasn't a relationship. My last relationship had been abusive Spanish ex. Um, I was really angry about that. I was really angry. And then I kind of talked myself through it and I calmed down and I ended up giving myself a pep talk. And I was like, don't worry. You're going to meet someone. We're gonna, you're going to meet someone who connects with you on all levels, you know, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and also physically, because it's fucking important. And also someone who's into kink, as in into BDSM. Because, so my first, like my first fantasies when I was like hitting puberty, like when I was 14, were like kinky fantasies. I've always been kinky. And yet I hadn't really done like any kink. And I think part of the reason why I have an interesting theory around looking for kink and for domination in all the wrong places. Um, so I did see a lot of people who took the matters into the hand in bed. Basically, they were really bossy and I fucking loved it. But turns out they were also bossy in life <laughs> and I hated it because it's something to want to be dominated in the bedroom, which is something I actually do enjoy and appreciate. And yeah... That's freaking awesome. But when it comes to telling me how to live my life, that does not work for me at all. I'm very independent. I am strong-willed. I know what I want. So yes, that wasn't really working. So it, was, it wasn't kink as in it wasn't a proper kind of kink. We didn't have any communication around consent. We didn't talk about what we wanted to. Um, I had like different experiences with different people and experienced different kinks, but like nothing was ever talked about, you know. Um, and I had come to realize that kink was really important for me in my sex life, and it was really missing. So I added this great area to my pep talk I gave to myself in my room in Bali after yet another um, fail <laughs> in terms of relationship. And then, I think it was three days later, later, or maybe it was two days, but like surprisingly quickly, I met someone. I sat next to him in a bar in Bali, and we started to chat, and we had a great time. And the next day we had dinner, and I didn't think it was a date. Turns out it was a date. <laughs> and the next day he offered to tie me up in his room in Bali. Because he was into kink and he's into shibari. Um, which is like a Japanese bondage um, thing. Art. Martial, traditional art. And we spent the weekend together. And then he cancelled his flights. And then we travelled together. And then I moved in with him in his house in the UK three months later, which is where I am right now. <laughs> so after all this time, I met someone who is a match for me on so many levels. And I want to make something clear. My relationship isn't perfect. 
he's not perfect. I'm certainly not perfect because perfection doesn't exist. Yeah. So about this time, though, um, so it was last last May. I really got more into kink. Um, you know, practicing a bit more. Actually, just like practicing at all. Um, yeah, it just it just made me realize how much that was great how much kink was a fantastic way for growth and even though I had a lot of questions and I was a bit ashamed of a lot of things um it's been it's been a great experience you know to learn how to articulate my desires in the bedroom but also outside um to learn to say no to learn to say yes to listen to my body and to feel this confidence that arises from all of that. Because when you're able to ask for what you want very explicitly, things that are normally taboo and frowned upon and that normally like not socially accepted, when you can do that, you can do anything really. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been a love coach for about a year now. It came to me very suddenly and it really felt like I landed. It really felt like, and it really feels like this is what I was born to do. <laughs> so I pivoted really from like business, which is like really broad and obviously businessy, to something very personal. So like each time I pivoted to more and more and more personal type of coaching, I don't think I can get more personal than sex coaching <laughs> no and it's great I love being able to help other women have better sex have better relationship and not my way you know like I don't have a seven steps proven way to I don't know spice up your relationship or meet your soulmate or whatever um, because this doesn't work what does work though is a personalized, tailored approach. Um, yeah. So it's really about... My work today is really about... On the forefront, it's about helping women have better relationships and better sex to find more connection. But really, what I'm doing is helping them reconnect with their own power. I think that might be another episode because... Will it? I don't know. I'm going to have some water. Mm. Yeah, so I realized after all this year of not knowing what I wanted, of being the people pleaser, of feeling guilt every time I was asking for something, of dating emotionally unavailable people and having unsatisfying sex. That you couldn't keep going. Um, yeah. Yeah. I feel like this episode wants to end now. Because I've been talking a lot. What it feels like a lot. Um, if you want more info about what I do. Really you can just check my website. It's marionchloetess. So my full name dot com. Um, if you want to learn more about one-on-one -on -one coaching with me. With more details than I just gave you. Because <laughs> I don't have the energy to keep going right now. Uh, it's my website 
my website uh, slash one one coaching. So actually eleven coaching. I think there's a dash somewhere. You'll find it out. Um, if you're if you're on the website, um, it's pretty intuitive. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna talk to you a couple of minutes about my intention for this podcast. For this podcast, know that you know me a bit more. Um, my intention, my intention really is to show up as I am, and for this to be a conversation, kind of a conversation. I know this is a monologue, but hopefully, you know, you can. You will send me a message on Instagram or Facebook or on email and tell me what you thought about this podcast episode and the next. I don't want to be like I don't want to pretend to be someone I'm not, um, which is why I will tell you just like I told you that my relationship isn't perfect, that you know like how things are going. Um, I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be this person that you look up to and feel bad. You know, I mean, obviously I cannot control how you feel. I am fully aware of that. But my goal isn't to make you want to have my life so you pay me to work with me. I would hate that. My goal really is to give you advice and tips and tools and to tell you stories on how you can have better sex, on how you can have better relationship and how it all goes and starts and ends with you you know taking care of yourself listening to your body being in touch um with your intuition knowing yourself you know like the wall the wall the wall thing (laughs) all right that's it for this first episode thank you for listening if you've made it until now i am very very grateful for you um i postponed doing this episode for a long time but it is recorded it will go out this way it is not perfect and that's fine i'm looking forward to continuing this sort of conversation with you in the next episodes meanwhile take care drink water and remember to i was gonna say like remember to have sex but i feel like that's kind of a a bomb to drop at the end of the episode I'm just going to say, like, remember to be nice with yourself. That's a very, very good start.